we are going to enjoy the ministry of a lady who has done an amazing job over the years, pastored churches, working in special services, administration, working in the satellite church network, and, and, uh, and, and now she is heading up our pastoral department, her pastoral division. She's a wonderful woman. She serves God beautifully, and she's going to bring the Word of God to us now. Welcome our very own Claudette. And doesn't she look nice? Is this what Santa bought you? Is that your Christmas dress? <laughs> it is indeed. Thank you, Colin. Bless you all. It's really good to see you here on Christmas Day. So many of you out, all the lovely children dressed so beautifully. Um, amazing singing as well this morning. So is everybody excited that it's Christmas? I know. <laughs> it's Christmas. So today, I'm going to use a familiar scripture from the prophet Isaiah, written 700 years or so before the birth of Jesus Christ. So it really was a message of something to come. And if I have a title today, it's called Something About That Name. So Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, very familiar passage. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a name. Something about that name. Jesus Christ. So we know from the Gospels that Jesus is the Christ, and that's the name that we are familiar with. What a name. But that scripture starts with, for unto us a child is born. And it's incredible that today we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We celebrate that this would, be, would have possibly been the day that he came into the earth. And it's interesting that it says unto us, a son is given. So we know that Jesus was given to us as part of the plan of God's redemption. That is to bring us back to him and free us from our sinful nature. So a son is given to us whom we know as Jesus, something about that name. And the plan is put into action that we can be free from sin and we can come back to the Lord. It's very, very unique. Born of a woman, the Virgin Mary, as the Gospels tell us, in a unique situation and unique to the world. So we also know him as the son of God, for unto us a son is given. There's another name, Jesus the Christ, son of God, something about that name. And this son of God is what differentiates us from the religions of the world, because no other religion can claim that their God had a son. 
yet ours does. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, as Colossians 1.15 tells us. He existed before anything was created. And yet, this Son of God, something about that name, came down to earth in the form of man, became flesh for us. So what is it about that name? I mentioned that he existed before anything was created. And the book of John, chapter 1, again, very familiar, says in the beginning, was the word. There's another name, the word. Jesus the Christ, son of God, the word. Something about that name. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. There's something about the name. In the scripture from Isaiah 9, It says, and the government will be upon his shoulder. The prophet was declaring that his rule, his authority, this was God's plan from the beginning, would be on his shoulders. He would rule over the earth with the authority of God, bringing the kingdom rule into the earth. In John 18 and verse 36, Jesus declared when he was going to trial with Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So the government is upon the shoulders The authority, the rule of God, the kingdom of God came into the earth through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word of God. There's something about this name. Now, note in the scripture that we've read in Isaiah 9, 6. And his name will be called. It doesn't say his name's are called. But his name, ah, my name is Claude F. May Hitchman. (laughs) And and so I kind of saw it as his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. There's something in that name, isn't there? His name is wonderful. Let's pick it apart a little bit. He's known as the Wonderful Counselor. Where does that word wonderful come from? What does it speak of? Wonder. Now, we saw the beautiful fire engine earlier on that that little boy got. And he must have opened his present this morning and looked in wonder and, wow! But that's an earthly wonder. The wonderfulness that we're talking about here is something that's beyond human capability. 
wonder of, of, of power, the wonder that has something supernatural about it. And his name is wonderful. Something that we would express awe. Absolutely incapable of having what he has or doing what he does. Wonderful. Counselor. Counselor speaks of perfect wisdom that comes from the divine kingdom of God. Isaiah 11 verse 2 declares that the spirit of counsel and might would rest upon him. So we're talking about the wonderful counselor, that word wonder, where you would say, um, or you would read in the Bible, that signs and wonders followed. Things that man could not do, things that were not touchable, if you like. They were supernatural. Signs and wonders and the wisdom of God. So he is the wonderful counselor. The one who can do anything that he wants to do that seems impossible to us with the wisdom of God. That's his name. Wonderful counselor. There's something about that name. Let's look at mighty God. No one like God. We are familiar with the term God Almighty. Almighty. There's nothing greater. No one is greater. Jesus is the kingdom of the mighty one. He is part of the Godhead and he carries all the authority of the mighty God. This is so opposite to the humanity that he partook of on earth. This mighty, mighty, mighty God where nothing is impossible for him partook, made himself human, made himself flesh, made himself like we are to pay a price so that we could be free. We're going to talk about freedom towards the end. No might on earth could match the mightiness of God. What could bring forth the many miracles that we've read about in the Bible? The many miracles that many in this house have experienced in our lives. Only the might of God. The healing of the sick, the raising of the dead. Nothing could command the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but the might of God. Jesus bears that name of the one whose authority he comes. There's something about that name. Jesus, the Christ, Son of God, the Word of God. Jesus, the Christ, the wonderful counselor, mighty God. And so we look at everlasting Father. Everlasting speaks of not being caught up or restricted by time. We say that he was from the beginning, but there is no beginning and no end to God and to the Godhead. Where did it start? Where does it finish? It doesn't. And so the everlasting part of that name is, is something that's not caught up, not restricted by time. 
has always been there. And Jesus has always been there, the word from the beginning as we read. God incarnate, the one who became a child born of a virgin, unique, never done before. Who could have thought of it? Who could have thought of it? But everlasting and the everlastingness coming in the form of flesh. There's something about the name, everlasting. And does it sound strange that he would be called everlasting father when we know that there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? But look at Psalms 103 and verse 13. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He carries the compassion of his father into our lives. He is everlasting father, compassionate, caring for our needs, everlasting father. There's something about the name. Now, the last name there is the Prince of Peace. One of the most common things that I hear people ask for if, if they're asking for prayer, if they're in a difficult situation, they're asking for peace. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 7, that we're given or we're promised a peace which passes all understanding. What must that be like? Having peace in our lives that surpasses everything that we're experiencing, that surpasses every struggle we have, that surpasses every situation we're facing that is yet unchanged. What must it be like to have the peace of God, to have a peace that passes all understanding, to be at peace every day when we wake up, Many months ago, I think it was in August, um, our senior minister was preaching, and he asked a question. He said, what do you think it's like in heaven? And I sat and I thought about it. And I, the, the only thing that I could think of is that in heaven there's no stress. And that's the opposite to peace, isn't it? But he said... In heaven, there is zero resistance to the will of God. And that's what brings peace in our lives. When we have zero resistance to the will of God, when we're walking in step with him, no matter what's going on in our lives, we have his peace. And it passes our understanding. It passes and surpasses the difficult situations that we're still living with. You can't pay for it. You can't buy it. But everybody is asking for peace. And here, the name of Jesus is Prince of Peace. The owner of it. 
the one who can bring peace in the midst of storm. What a powerful name. There's something in that name. Isaiah um, chapter 9 verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Why would we want to be anywhere else than in his kingdom? If there is no end to peace, if there's no end to having satisfaction in life, no matter where we are. And I believe that I'm speaking to somebody here today who is desperate to be at peace in a life situation. But you don't know how to get that peace. You don't even understand that life can be peaceful and that you can walk in peace. So we are introducing the Prince of Peace to somebody here this morning. There's something about that name. Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, the Word of God, the wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. In the book of Revelation, Jesus speaks about who he is. Revelation chapter 22, verse 13, he declares, I am the Alpha and the Omega. It starts with me, it ends with me. The beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's everything we need. Everything we could possibly want. This child who came down to earth in the form of a man was born of a virgin uniquely has everything that we need or want. I loved that poem because this is the man. There's something about the name of this man who turns our sad into glad. And it's not a cliche. We have life issues. When Colin prayed earlier on, about what's going on in the world. There are major life issues going on. But this name turns our sad into glad. And we have a choice of how we should live in his kingdom, in peace, with the wonderful counsel and wisdom of God turning our sadness into gladness, no matter what we experience. We don't know what 2016 is going to bring. But why not face it with excitement that we're part of his kingdom, where our sad will be turned to glad, where we have available to us the might, the wisdom, the power of God, where we have the name that is everything we ever want or need, And where we will always have the promise of peace. The shepherd said, goodwill to all men and peace on earth. We have peace. We carry peace. It's our portion. Because 
We serve the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'd like to ask if there's anybody in here today. You can identify that you need the counsel and the wisdom of God for a life situation. You can identify what your life would be like if you had this peace that we're speaking about. You could identify with the compassion of a father who cares and loves you that perhaps you've not had in life. But how can you have that if you have no relationship with him? I want to invite anybody here this morning that if you have never prayed a prayer to ask the Lord Jesus into your life, that you might join us this morning to do that. That if you cannot say that you have an intimate relationship, that you've entered into a relationship with that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, that perhaps you would want to do that this morning. So I'd ask that we close our eyes. Those of us that know how begin to pray, I want to ask again. And just discreetly you can do by the raising of your hands. If you have need of the Prince of Peace, if you have need of peace in your life, if you have need of the wisdom and the counsel and the might of the God who sets us free, why don't you raise your hands so that we can ask him into your life today? Is there anyone that that applies to today? That you want the Prince of Peace you want a life of peace and you want to enter into the next year with his power, with his might, with all that's available. Is there anybody in the house today that that applies to? I'll give you one more opportunity. Thank you. So why don't we stand because I'd like to pray for each of us here about that name of Jesus Christ. So I'd like you to stand. Father, I want to thank you today for your word. Thank you for everybody that's heard something about the name of Jesus Christ and his power and all that's available. I pray that today, more than any day, as we remember the magnificent, unique birth of Christ on earth, that you would reveal yourself as Jesus the Christ, that you would reveal yourself afresh as Son of God, that you would reveal yourself as the living Word of God, that you would reveal yourself as the wonderful counselor beyond human capability, mighty God, that you'll be seen as everlasting father, 
and known today to each of us as the Prince of Peace. I pray for peace in each life from the Prince of Peace and that it will be with us throughout this Christmas season and into the new year. Reveal yourself as Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name, amen.